This is your announcer, Shannon St. Mainframe, welcoming you to our IPO livecast. Kid Rock was in the news this week because he was so mad at trans people that he shot up a bunch of beer cans. Come on trans community. Keep at it. Maybe next time Kid will just straight up shoot Ted Nugent in the face. A girl can dream. Our IP live cast starts. Now. R.I.P. at Ted Nugent. Hopefully we'll be saying that yeah. one day. Am I right, folks? That's We Welcome. should make a vow to stay doing the podcast at least until Ted Nugent dies. <laughs> that, you never know. What if he uh, pulls a, a Mick Mars or something, just hangs on for dear life? Well, we... Yeah, what if he outlasts us? Yeah. What if one of us dies before Ted Nugent? Well, one of us already left the show before uh, Ted Nugent died. But we didn't make the vow yet at that point. Mm. Maybe Noah would still be here if she had made a blood oath. Call her up. <laughs> Rob. <She'll> come back. <laughs> Welcome to RIP, a live cast. We're back. We took a week off. Hopefully you enjoyed uh, the bonus Hall of Fame episode. I enjoyed uh, listening to it. I listened to it a little bit on my yes. flight home. Uh, the live cast typically live every Saturday afternoon around noon Eastern time. You can watch us live on Twitch or on YouTube. And then, of course, archived video and audio wherever you listen to or watch your podcasts, video on Twitch and YouTube, though. You can only watch it there. All right. Relax. Of course, our the feedback lines are open. You can always email us, ripalivecast at gmail.com, using traditional email. Send us a voice memo, audio, video. We'll take it all, folks. This is a multimedia operation. And you can hang out with us all week long on Discord. Uh, chat with us. The invite is at ripalivecast.com. Fellas, how are your two weeks off? Well, it's only Terrific. one week off. Well, it was yeah. fine. It was relaxing. It was two weeks between the shows. Yes, it felt weird. It, it it's weird getting up on a Saturday and not having this to look forward to. I feel sort of directionless. <laughs> I so. seriously like that's like my thing on the Saturday. Like my reason to have coffee in the morning and like wash myself, and then it, I didn't. So you have didn't it. shower. You didn't shower yesterday. Uh, or last week, I should say, last Saturday. Probably not. Probably, probably not. Not even for like the benefit of your wife being in. in I mean, I'm not. I'm not that. T- I don't go anywhere or do anything. It's not like I get all sweaty and stinky. I'm typically <laughs> an every other day showerer since the pandemic has started, and I don't go into the office or anything. It's every other day. Now, so. why every other day? Is there a limit to like you're like oh I'm too crusty I need yeah, to uncrust. Yeah. A couple days that it's a bit much, so you know. Which part of the day. body is the indicator of how crusty you are? Is uh, it your crotch, your pits? Prob- probably the crotch. Once no. it, it's a little swampy in there, it's like. Can right. I can I ask a question? Of course, you can so, ask as many questions as you want. That's yeah. the beauty of the uh, show. I didn't. Uh, well, I didn't, Rob. I didn't know if your line of questioning had a, a more. Uh, oh no, no, we can we can tag it. team. We could tag team sit on this one. Oh, now, <laughs> I definitely need a shower after that. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering if uh, the COVID nineteen pandemic affected anyone's uh, showering habits. Yeah. Uh, did you at all when you, when there were long stretches of time where you weren't seeing another person or going outside? Did you shower at all during those times? Like, well, I'm not at all, but like, did you did the time lengthen? I mean, that's that's when I went to every other day. Oh, okay. But I, any more than I, I mean, I still if I was living by myself. 
it would probably go on a little bit longer than every other day. But since no. I don't know, how, how long do how long do you think you could go? Still not that long, but I could go like every <laughs> three days, every four days, probably. Mm, yeah. Wow. <laughs> See, if when I, I was to. when I was married, that really tightened up my my hygiene. Mm-hmm. Like my ex wife mm-hmm. is. Uh, I mean, you've both been to, we were at our house when I was married. I mean, it's like a museum. Like she's, everything's clean and it's the same thing. The body is a temple and you must, you know, Mm -hmm. so she would just, and politely, like she wasn't, wouldn't rude to me or naggy or scoldy, but she's like, I don't, she didn't tolerate anything. Like even going a day without a shower. Oh, wow. You know, frowned upon, I'd say. Not that I never did it, but it would be frowned upon. And she would always yeah. know whether you showered or not, or it was not, 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 not that, to go to the shower or yes. No, not that I stunk so bad yeah. within one day, but that I didn't take a shower. You should take a shower. You really should take a shower every day. And she just remind me and I've started doing it. Yeah. I, I love taking showers. I, I, I like, do not. Like, uh, why not? What, what do you hate about? I don't know. I've always, I've asked my therapist about this. If maybe I had some uh, incident in a shower once, cause I just really, I do it. I absolutely do it when I have to, but it's not, it's an unpleasant task that I know. What I is unpleasant do. about it? I just don't like being in there. It's some innate feeling. I don't like, I, I, I do what I have to do because I know I'm going to work or I'm going to be around people, but I've always, yeah, it's just that something. Is some, it just getting like, wet? You don't like getting wet? Like I don't what? like the whole process. Being it just feels like it feels like a chore to me that I must do, just like brushing your teeth. I don't sit there and enjoy brushing my yeah. teeth, but I do it because I don't want my teeth to fall out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I don't enjoy brushing my teeth, uh, but showers are great. It's like a I feel it's a, such a luxury to be able to control the temperature yeah. of the water. And, uh, and it, it just, you know, hot, do a little hot, do a little cold. Well, you I, see, for, for me, part of the issue, like, I don't dislike showers, but I like taking hot showers, mm-hmm. and it dries the fuck out of my skin. Oh. So if I could do it every other day, then that's just less damage I'm doing to my skin, because I can't force myself to take, like, a tepid shower or a cold shower. It's got to be Even hot. in the summer? You take hot showers in the summer? Less hot, but still hotter than... I think most people would. I take. Mm. I take. Room I love cold showers in the summer. I take room temperature uh, showers in the summer, and then hot showers every other time. Mm. But mm. I remember you reminded me of a, a memory, uh, and this is actually the day of my bar mitzvah. Uh, there was no hot water, just by coincidence, and I had to. I had to go in the shower. I'm already nervous as fuck. I go in the shower, and it's just freezing cold, and we're late. And then my mother's like, "Let's go, let's go," and then like. I, I had to jump in there. I'd feel like an icicle on the day of my bar mitzvah. It was mm. really terrifying. That might so be the last freezing from? cold shower I've taken. No, I don't think. I feel I feel like I felt that way before. Okay. I honestly think I might have been like molested in a shower and just not remember or something. Like, <laughs> my God. I, I'm, not, I'm not joking. I don't know. I don't know. Shit. I did have. I don't know if this is related. I had like a family friend who not wasn't didn't touch me or anything, but like like watched me uh, pee at the toilet a little bit too long uncomfortably and that may that still to this day makes me not like to pee at urinals although i obviously i do it if i really have to go but i get a little i get a little pins and needles sometimes god damn yeah huh Take a look, fellas. This is what you want to see. That's my reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Not when you were four, though. Yes, I was four. I didn't have this experience when I was four. Yeah. But, um, Damn. Revelations here on the 
R.I.P. a live cast. Uh, excluding Sid, but have either of you done an ice bath? Uh, I'm assuming, Darren, you haven't. I have not. Uh, cold, what is an ice cold... bath? Is it just what the name says, or is there something to it that I'm not? Yeah, it's essentially you get into, you fill a tub with ice, and then you put water in, and then you you dive in there. I can, it's very difficult for me uh, to do cold water. Uh, I could do, the only time I've enjoyed a cold plunge is when I am, you know, deep into a <laughs> sauna session where my like body temperature and my skin have gotten so used to being at like such a hot temperature that I need a cool down and that's good. But I can't go from room temperature to a cold bath, cold showers in general, uh, for me also uncomfortable. I've done them, but like c- cold shower on a cold windy day is like the most excruciating thing for me. Mm. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of those cold showers, man. Could I just say Deuterino? So Deuterino asked that question, then his follow-up was, it feels awful at first, but great, every sore leaves you. And I think he means like every ache in your body leaves you, but now I'm picturing his body just riddled with sores. (laughs) Just left (laughs) it in an ice bath, just popping up to the top, like like, like little bubbles. Oh, (laughs) gross. He look like he looks like those Bud Light cases after Kid Rock. Oh, no. <laughs> so, Rob, can you explain that story to us? Uh, the Kid Rock story. Yes. So, uh, apparently, uh, Bud Light announced a thing with Dylan Mulvaney, who is a trans social media influencer. And uh, she, uh, I guess, is pretty hype right now. She's like one of the most followed people on TikTok. Gen Z loves her. And based on the ongoing culture war from the right uh, against trans people and the greater LGBTQIA plus community, uh, it became a thing to uh, uh, like protest this. And uh, now I was plugged out of this. I I didn't get to this until it appeared in our Discord. So I was under the impression that Kid Rock was just shooting Bud Light cases because they made a, a rainbow packaging on their beer, right. which is stupid enough. Yeah, but this seems like an extra dimension of stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here's the here's how Blabbermouth reported: Kid Rock has blasted Anheuser Busch for its. Dis- <laughs> That language uh, for its decision to enlist trans activist and influencer Dylan Mulvaney as a Bud Light brand influencer. TikTok star has more than 10 million followers, and she posted a video advertising the beer company's March Madness contest, offering customers a chance to win 15 grand. This caused a number of conservatives to share their apparent anger over the partnership, including Kid Rock, who posted a video. Should we watch the video? Why even? Sure, Sure, please. Why even describe the video when we can just see it now? So for our audio listeners, the video starts where we see uh, Kid Rock's back, and he's promoting and his neck. <laughs> also, but not his. And he's promoting his his Tennessee uh, uh, restaurant. 
the fish look at, fry. Look at that like upscale MAGA hat he had. What is that? I mean, oh, a, a fresh MAGA hat. <laughs> it's like it's not red. It's, it's, powder it's blue like a, it's like a yeah. Like, oh, that's a good one. powder blue is a good way to. Yeah, it's like the, the NC blue. Tar Heels. Uh, color. Yes, yes. Except he's a is, shit heel. Yes. I don't. Is this is this like for like the centrist uh, liberals that support? MAGA, like they get this kind of hat. Yeah. <laughs> well, because it's like as, like light light blue. As we <laughs> learned from what they it's like light blue MAGA have, have embraced a, 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 a George W. Bush, the notorious war criminal. Yeah. We know that in seven years they will probably be big fans of Trump. So oh this is God. like getting <laughs> in front of the wave here. All right, so here's the kid. <laughs> Grandpa's feeling a little frisky today. I just like like this already feels like a wrestling promo, you know, uh, like he like turns to the camera like he's fucking Yeah, and it's like early eighties NWA style when they would just go like, <laughs> to a to like a parking lot somewhere and film this dude by his pickup truck. Now listen promo. listen, Big Daddy, you want to design your Bud Light <laughs> with a rainbow on it? I ain't gonna drink it. And I'll see you at the Podunk Auditorium on April seventeenth. And I'll show you how much I ain't going to drink it. This is like Dusty Rhodes forcing Tully Blanchard to plow the fields with him or something. <laughs> this is the setup. I don't plow a lot of yes. fields in my time, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> but ain't none of them ever had no rainbow on it. <laughs> yeah, I love now that the rainbow has been co-opted. Like the rainbow uh, is yeah. no longer a symbol of happiness. It's just gay. It's not just you can't gay, have anything Rob. with the rainbow on it. It's not just gay, Rob. It's evil. It's evil. It's being evil. Promoted it's pedophilia. By yeah. That is so all stupid. Right. Well, let's hear what Kid has to say. Uh, say something to all you and be as clear and concise hmm. as possible. That would be new. Taking a new approach. Oh, he's got a gun. Shooting oh. up some Bud Light. Missed almost all of it. <laughs> Two cases <laughs> still left standing completely intact. Fuck Anheuser-Busch. He had, Have a oh. terrific day. He had four cases of Bud Light, missed two of them that are fully intact, and shot two of them. Well, he's still going to drink them. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, of course. On. Also, his form is terrible. Like you're supposed to tuck your elbow in when you when you use that. <laughs> oh, listen to it's you, like you don't even expert. know. You don't even. Know. Well, I saw someone on Twitter criticizing him. Oh, well, <laughs> jerk. Uh, but yeah, no, this is the silliest <laughs> protest because you bought four cases. Yeah. Uh, you gave them the money. Bush and, uh, uh, and also, I just love when uh, this sort of anti-gay or, or anti-woke. Thing right. clashes with rainbow capitalism, which is mm. just mm. capitalist brands yes. trying to just like pretend that they're inclusive to get right. gay dollars. There's no winner uh, here because, yeah, there's no it's not like I'm rooting for like I'm gonna go out drink Bud Light to show Kid Rock to be clear. Bud Light may be the worst beer, uh, <laughs> I guess like regular Bud is worse, uh, Miller Light probably worse, but. In a class of terrible beers, I would say. I've never had a beer that I like, so I can't speak yeah. on this one. But. I found, I feel like the uh, the German versions of what Bud Light tries to be are Which actually very good. Heineken? Uh, what? No, like you have to get like a Hefeweizen. You have oh, to, you they're have to, like 
brands I wouldn't know about. You saying? Yeah, you really you have to do a little bit of research, I guess. But the, what's crazy now is I feel like beer culture is so uh, huge and proliferated. Is that like these obscure beers that I like? Like I mentioned on the show before, Warsteiner is my favorite brand. Warsteiner. Like Warsteiner. The Jew and me cannot go near a yeah. beer called Vorsteiner. I just start getting oh, like tastes delicious. Flashbacks to before I was born, and there's like, like a guard tower, a guy with a rifle. Yeah, watching me <laughs> I mean yeah. the the logo uh, <laughs> definitely looks like that too. You will drink this beer, yeah? Right on your way to the shower. Yeah. <laughs> this is what the guy driving the I, train. I think it's Belgian. I don't even. It's not German. It's Belgian. It's Belgian. It's fine. The, the beer is actually formaldehyde to preserve my organs for when they sell them later. <laughs> now, oh, there's your Vorsteiner. Here's a picture of yeah, Vorsteiner on the on the. Uh, and this now, one, yes, and I don't like mean enough. I. I do know <laughs> that we have German people in the audience. I don't mean to demonize you. I think Germany's done a great job getting rid of Nazism. It's just an instinct. I can't explain it. When you're American Jew, you have all this propaganda. Oh, no. <laughs> it's just in you. When you hear the German accent, the first instinct is, sorry, I, I, I can't. I'm trying to tune myself out of that, but it's hard. Uh, oh, so anyway, so with Kid Rock, I wanted to go back to the um, trans influencer portion of this. And... It just seems to me, and I know I feel like I try to be understanding of the other side. I know, Rob, you are also a big fan of Devil's Advocate and understanding why people take bad positions on things. And I admire that about you. And I feel that way about certain things, like when trans people, when people oppose trans kids in wrestling, you know, like that's a bad position. But I understand how they came by it. You know, like I understand where they're coming from. I don't understand this because it just seems like tr like a trans person now just has a job like promoting a, a product like yeah, that's bad. What? How is this affecting your life in any way that a trans person sure. did well, an I advertisement? Explain, I can explain that. Not that I agree with it, but they just think uh, the trans agenda is just basically to if they're they find themselves as Christians constantly under attack and that the Christian way of life, which is reproducing and creating more Christians, uh, is I think being... that's how it works for every person, though. I understand. I'm just trying to... like The like, gonads you know, are the same, no matter what. This is how I've come to understand the intention here, which is that they just see that uh, gay culture is a threat to Christianity because it prevents, you know, uh, <laughs> it prevents natural births uh and and i'm speaking again i'm speaking very generally i'm not uh, i'm just trying to pro pro uh, provide the perspective i don't agree with it uh and so by having these trans uh, uh, uh spokespeople you're validating this lifestyle that will just be an end to christianity and now it is such a threat that the the oppressed christian silent majority must rise up and speak and take back their country from yeah. this ridiculous threat. It just seems like people want to have rights that other people don't have. And that was the good old days. And every time yeah, someone yeah, else gets very, rights, then they're losing something. I don't know. It feels very to... regressive. I feel like we're back in the eighties all of a sudden with like, just how it's just like, satanic panic basically yes uh 
And it, it very much feels like a backlash to what they would say is too much progress. Like we moved too far left. We got to pull back. But really, we haven't at all. You know, it's just maybe there's more presence of different types of lifestyles in media, which is which right. makes them think that this stuff is everywhere. Well, Rob, I have to dispute you on that. I don't I think you're completely forgetting that there are many, many different uh, colors of Bud Light uh, packaging now that that how is that not social progress how dare you what how I dare you erase that. bud light packaging did now, kid like, rock you know, like provide any further context or were we just supposed to understand what he was mad at automatically of course no context and also it's funny someone went down to his bar the next day and they're still serving bud light of course yeah. and also if you are if you are subscribed or you follow uh kid rock anywhere you are already in undated yeah. with everything he's mad about yeah, so I guess you the thing is too. Would know. Yeah. What beer brand has not done a pro gay ad campaign, especially during like the summer pride months? Coors? Every well, with Coors, funny enough, there yeah. was a uh Coors there was a, a protest from gay bars uh because uh the Coors company were anti-union. And and Harvey Milk once staged a protest where he got all the gay bars to side with the unions and stop serving Coors in the gay bars. And that's why most gay bars typically just serve Bud Light now. Huh. But I'm sure Coors this. Everyone, like like uh, Travis Tritt's like, I'm filling my rider up with Miller Light now. Miller mm -hmm. Light is also Coors. And Miller Light has done plenty of. <laughs> like like everyone on Twitter, like all the replies to him saying he's switching to Miller Lite are, are like gay campaigns that Miller Lite has done. They're subtly they're subtly missing the important part here, which is that like you're worried about that group over there and like liberals are doing the same thing, worried about that group over there. And while they're all fighting with each other, all these corporations now own everything. So like you're, yeah, you're mad at the wrong thing, buddy. They're also getting so much free publicity from this, I think. You know, like this is just, this is the greatest thing for Bud Light. Uh, and also, well, let's, we should, one second, we should give credit to the, to the first uh, gay beer brand, which is Schmidt's Gay. I don't know if you <laughs> I put it in the chat. Do you want to play of a couple of seconds in that? Are we going to get a YouTube strike if we play an SNL clip? Uh, yeah, we maybe. May. Okay. Oh, well. It was Adam Sandler and Chris Farley in a, a basic mm -hmm. template beer commercial. But, like, you know how you go by the pool and there's always hot women? Well, they just had a bunch of uh, half-naked men. Yeah. And they're like, this is awesome! And there's, like, <laughs> rock music plays. But it's, it's played straight. Yes. Yeah, I, I really did uh, appreciate it. They're, like, two, two straight guys acting like straight guys, but freaking out how hot all the guys are around them. Uh, also, what's so funny to me now is like, that's it. I'm not drinking Bud Light. I'm drinking this other beer. And everyone's like, well, that's actually still Anheuser-Busch. So uh, so now through this weird uh, <laughs> trans panic, I feel like right wingers are learning about corporate consolidation and how bad it is. So yeah. there, there is an upside to their bigotry because like, for example, Travis Tritt, uh, uh, told his his uh, followers that you can't hear all the beers that Anheuser Busch owns. You can't drink any of these because these yeah. are all the gay beers. 
They're going to have to go back to drinking them. rubbing alcohol out of the medicine cabinet. <laughs> but also, like, if you look like Bush, Natty, Natty Ice, Natty Light, like, those are the beers of yeah. the right. Like, they're like, fuck, I can't drink Natty Ice anymore. Oh, duels. Oh, duels. Is, it's not even beer. That's like fake beer with no alcohol. <laughs> well, you know, people, people like that stuff. I know I'm not saying it's bad to drink O'Doul's if you, like, have a drinking problem and you just love the taste yeah. of beer. That's fine. But the fact that that's on that list is hilarious. The band list. And and so as you can see, like in the in the comments, people are just totally getting housed because like this guy responds to Travis Tritt. Happy I drink Guinness or bourbon. Never liked Bud Light. And then you know, <laughs> somebody responds, I have some terrible for you news about that gay beer you drink and it's just a bunch of results of guinness supporting lgbt uh stuff like uh the pride parade every beer company is going to support it i just thought of something what if somebody is a conservative but they had a bad drinking problem they beat it by drinking oduls and now they go back to drinking and they just die because they have to not drink oduls anymore but they can't even because every other alcohol product is also gay (laughs) it's true they have have water that's where the rubbing alcohol comes in. Yeah. Has there ever been rubbing a rubbing tra- is gay, Darren? Oh, that's right. <laughs> I forgot. Is it? Is there a trans activist or influencer that has supported like uh, rubbing alcohol <laughs> and promoted it on their Insta? <laughs> Probably no not, TikTok right? endorsements yet. No, that might be safe. <laughs> um. But yeah, so. It, it's all so ridiculous. And really, this just makes me think that uh, this year's Pride Month is going to be the most uncomfortable Pride Month in the history of whiny snowflakes. Like, they're going to be so bitchy and so annoying. And, and it's, well, it, it's absurd. Well, somebody with more organizing uh, capabilities than I have should just reach out to these people and say, These people. You got the right idea. Just stop targeting the, the gay and trans people and start targeting the corporations and like we'll have a common enemy. But I, I don't have a lot so, of faith in that. Well, happening. who is we? We is the left. And they are like, you know, the portion of right wingers that are well-meaning people that are misled by the bullshit propaganda. And, so religion. And, and, religion and also Ben Shapiro and you know Stephen Crowder type. I mean, that's a big ask. It is a big ask. That's why I said someone with organizing capabilities beyond my ability to influence people. But I think it's shortcake. In other words, 3D is saying yesterday's target is not today's target. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Just like Fat Joe said, wise man, the oracle of our times. What booze does Fat Joe drink? Maybe that oh, would be the end. Nothing gay. He's very masculine. <laughs> he's very mask presenting. Oh, he's, he, uh, he, oh, he's a Henny fan. Everyone, oh. the, the, the hip hop guys love the Hennessy. He also loves, 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 loves chugging a buffalo wing sauce. What? Just, oh. Yes, he's great. That's his go to drink. Well, he's like 400 <laughs> pounds. Are you, Wait, are you saying I can't tell if you're making that up or if that's an actual thing he does? No, I was very deadpan on that. That was a joke. So. Yeah, I, 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 yeah I, I was, I was googling <laughs> Fat Joe Buffalo Wings. Is there, is there a verbal version of slash s like when you're writing sarcasm <laughs> online? 
Just a joke, guys. I'll just say that every time. Deuterino, could you uh, Photoshop Fat Joe into like a tub of buffalo wing sauce or something? Thank you. Chugging it. Hennessy, I'm not a fan of. I I just taste so it tastes like medicine. I never understood cognac. Fan. I don't like any hard liquor. It just all tastes like shit to me. My dad loved cognac, and I tried it a few times. And yeah, no. That's way too advanced. It seems like not the typical drink for a for an older like Russian man. Well, no, in his older like older years, too. he yeah. I think went more back to just vodka. But I, I remember like as a kid when we'd go like out to like fancy like family dinners or whatever. Yeah, cognac would be. Same. Maybe he just did it to like impress Here, my here's relatives. What you know, I don't know. He's hitting the no, yak. No, here's the difference, Darren. Vodka is like the water. Like you have that with your meal. And all that cognac is like the special toast. Like I yes, know, like, yes, 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 yes. Like, I like, didn't necessarily oh, mean he was only drinking vodka. I just, I'm just when I think of cognac, I think of your father sitting hanging out with Buster Rhymes in the back of the club. <laughs> <tonight>. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> that's what's funny is because I only came into contact with cognac as a child going to these restaurants, like said, like these Russian restaurants, and then like it went away. And then in the early aughts, I feel like Buster Rhymes and these hip hop guys they brought back. The cognac. Yeah. I think, I think it was just the gimmick was cognac and blunts at the time, I believe, mm-hmm. was the, sure. the idea. Blunts have endured. Blunts uh, survived the uh, the whole culture wars and came out on top, I have to say. I and feel it like did- it's evolved now, too, because uh, now it's more like hemp wraps, you know, because mm-hmm. the the tobacco is, is kind of what's kind of frowned upon. Like, oh, you know, it's not it's not good for you. <laughs> Oh my god! There's like, uh, there's like a fucking vape store on every block now. We're in, mm-hmm. in New York City. They got everything. Just straight up know. weed store. Sometimes I mean, I'll just—they're all selling weed now. All yeah, of them. I just go in there to get a seltzer because it's the only store that's that's available, and I just go in and you see the array of fucking different weed products that regular. It's not like a specialty weed store anymore. Like I'm sure that stuff. Like Rob, you'd go somewhere in Denver or something, and they did. But now it's just every. Every store on every block has. This. I'm it's constantly blown away by it because when I was a t- when I was a kid, folks. Oh boy, there was only one place you can get weed paraphernalia, and that's in Greenwich Village. You had to schlep all the way into fucking Manhattan. Eighth there was like, th- yeah, there was like uh-huh. three to five stores on a block, and that's where you can get your shit. And that's the that was the only place to get your shit. Now I go visit my parents. I think just every bodega, what used to be a bodega. Has now just transformed into a vape shop. That's that's the yeah. They're all vape like, shops slash bodegas. Like yeah. they'll have funyuns in one corner. Yeah, and they have most like of them have bongs in the other corner. Yeah. yeah, those bongs are like the worst. But they're like vases for display. Like nobody's gonna yeah. buy a, a one hundred fifty dollar bong from a bodega because right. they're also just late. Like they're, they're outdated designs. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean, like the art? Isn't in vogue anymore when you outdated no, the techniques. Well, the, 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 there's much fancier bongs now. If you're gonna buy a more bong, expensive, there's style not, over not substance. Really. Not really. Uh, hmm. you can get a decent bong for basically the same price as that bodega's in because there's a markup. To tell good thick ass glass, folks. That's my recommendation if you want a good bong. That's a brand, isn't that? Your, That's a website. Uh, your grinder, handle? actually, it is a brand. <laughs> Glass. <laughs> no, I do not. Darren. <laughs> what? Oh, Gross. did I give it away? Sorry. Well, no, glass would uh imply that there's some sort of uh meth smoking going on. And I oh, do not. I see. Party. Party. 
T with a capital T. That's the that's the code, and I am not into it. If if anyone ever asks you to party, all the letters of party are lowercase, but the T is capital. Ah, that T is short for Tina. And Tina, uh, you don't want to be okay. smoking Tina. I don't, I don't know what. Tina Wait, what? Is. Yeah, what? Did, Tina's meth. What did why what is did, Tina meth? What did Tina ever do to be yeah. associated with meth? Poor old poor Tina's of the world. Why is that? Why is that meth? Yeah. What's the etymology of that? That why is Molly Molly? Why is Molly uh, ecstasy? You know, I don't know that either. Yeah. Why? I don't uh, know. But while you're looking that up, uh, El Durino says Rob has the Mark Jacobs bong. I disagree. I think you have a <laughs> bong Lenciaga. <laughs> uh, I have. That's uh, the I, I, think, oh. I think I mentioned this. I I just uh, I got a, a gravity bong, a premium gravity bong, the student glass. Mm-hmm. Tina nice. for Tina. <laughs> no, Tina, please. That, I, that really makes me. I, I don't want to be <laughs> encouraging that. I remember the wildest thing I associate this, with Rob yeah. and weed. There's the bong on the screen. Wow. Uh, the wildest thing I associate with Rob, as far as weed goes, was when I came over to do this. When we were doing the show in person, I came over. And Rob and Noah start wheeling out this fucking science project volcano. Yes. And I'm like, what? This oh, has yeah, to I be like, this is like an SNL sketch. This is like, how stupid can you make weed smoking? <laughs> Let's make it a volcano. <laughs> Do you still use that, Rob? Yeah, occasionally. Wow, really? <laughs> that same <laughs> one or you or like a new one that that was like 10 years? Well, ago. that was Noah's. Uh, I got oh. my own eventually. So when do you use that? Like, what's the occasion that that's the way you get high? Mm, when it's like I don't want to been smoking too much. Want to just change it up a little. Dusty wants the to gravity bomb kind of changed it all because I re- I've I've really been having a moment with that. I mostly use that. Dusty wants to know what the Bud Light of bongs it would be. Oh, the Bud Light of bo- just the, a, a simple like bodega bong that's just like a. a a beaker with a hole through it. And T-Tam, I looked it up, and you are correct. Tina oh. is because it's short for Christina, and Christina would be the beginning of crystal meth. Yes. Good to we know. How about Molly? Got it. Mo- I don't know. Uh, Molly, just maybe MDMA. Uh, why is Molly? There's poor, there's poor people named with these names. Like It's like, it's like Molly Karen. Molly can't get work anymore. Yeah, there's not too many people named Molly, but there's lots of Tinas. What like it's the same thing with Karen. I feel like although I think it's useful to have one name to call all those type of women. What about all the innocent, nice people named Karen? Yeah, it's not fair. So Molly is short for molecular because it is the uh, crystallized form of ecstasy. It's the purer ecstasy. Oh, that's actually clever. Mm -hmm. I think Tina is a bit of a stretch. Yeah. yeah, crystal. But yeah. but I think uh, with that, you just want to be as discreet and confusing as possible. As you could see, you two normies had no idea yeah, what was going on. Yeah, it's true. You didn't either. You just fucking Googled it. The fuck are you talking about? But he at least I knew, knew what, that it was. I order. knew what it meant. I didn't know where it came from. He's half okay. a step ahead of us, Darren. All right, wise guy. <laughs> fucking drug Look, oracle. Some of us haven't ever gotten the offer to get clouds blown on our dicks and it shows that's all i'm saying excuse me why don't you just pat yourself on the back for knowing more about fucking deadly chemicals that people put into their body (laughs) i wouldn't don't hurt yourself barry harrowitzing yourself about that that that's an immediate no for me 
Uh, but yes, that's <laughs> I have gotten that kind of a solicitation. It is like, oh no, blah. Wait, like somebody wanted to blow meth smoke on your dick? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's like a that. I think that's like a. I, I, Can you I get high from that? I don't know. I don't like even. If the smoke I mean, goes in your pee hole, I'm assuming they just like getting high and sucking dick. Rob, I thought Sean told you not to talk about that. No, oh, come on. <laughs> this, is, this is so wrong. Like, we should not be. Darren is being very sarcastic. He does not mean that. <laughs> These are wild accusations. I don't, I don't mean that. Sean didn't care if he talked about it. That was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke. No. Sean, <clears throat> Sean does not. Moves to the middle of the country, and all of a sudden, he, his habits change. <laughs> I have to say, speaking of meth, I did see a group of uh, teenagers uh, uh, iPhone video filming a tweaker uh, in the junction. I know you guys know what the junction Uh is, area of Brooklyn. I was there getting some food, and uh, I was in the restaurant, and right outside, they're shooting a video and, like, kind of just harassing this guy who was very clearly tweaking and just, like, kind of pushing him up against the wall. No. And then I just stood up to look. I wasn't even going to do anything, and they just started scattering. I guess because I look like a cop. Every oh. time I go to every time I go to a, a, a an urban type of area, people just scatter and think I'm a cop. As I'm not dressed as any in any way that would indicate I'm a cop. I just have a white guy and I have that frame. You know, it's a stocky. And ever since I was like 16, people have just thought I was a fed. But I think you do kind of dress like your typical. Uh, I look like an undercover. War- wardrobe is like what I feel like an <laughs> undercover because you you know and I don't mean that as a burn or anything, but you know you're typically wearing like a Mets jersey or right. or some sort of sports gear, which I feel like anytime I see an undercover cop stopping a guy in a train, like that, mm-hmm. that's kind of what they're wearing. They're wearing well, like, I think, but, I but think it's what, usually Yankees gear. I will say yeah. that, <laughs> of course. Well, I think what it is is that. It's not so much that I dress like a cop. I think I just dress like what a guy with my build and culture background dresses like. And those cops are from the same mm. stock as I am, you know. So we just happen to dress the same. Dusty Rhodes Rough for 3D wears the All Lives Matter Oakleys. You never catch me in that shit. Are, are, are the, that's a thing? Yeah, you know, like the, the it's Cartman, respect my authority glasses. Oh no! But I just thought like Oakley made a All Lives Matter. Design. Oh no, no! I don't. I don't think so. Well, now we're going to shoot a people, video people shooting who, People who believe All Lives Matter are more likely to wear those kind of Oakleys. Is, is the implication? I understand. Sorry, sorry, Kid Rock. Oakley's uh, had a trans influencer uh, represent their sunglasses. Yeah, Dylan Mulvaney is now the new spokesperson <laughs> for Oakleys as well. You can't wear those either. God dang it! Can't, can't wear any go sunglasses. Can't drink any beer. <laughs> What's next? Gatorade. Oh shit! It's got yeah, gay in it. <laughs> and almost AIDS. Yeah. And raid. I can't kill any insects no more neither. <laughs> oh. Oh look, Elderina corrected me about the uh, the Cartman. Uh, statement that I made that those were aviator glasses and not Oakley's. That that fictional yeah, character, cartoon character, was, was wearing the, uh, was the uh, the guy who was uh, politically correct, right? I don't know the PC principal, principal? pre C principal. Yes, that was when I had to stop watching. I was like, okay, we're done here. You know way too much about about South Park and uh, and and sunglasses and uh, meth. 
names. <laughs> you got to know what to avoid. Oh yeah, you go into the in these sketchy situations. Mm. Why are you in so many sketchy situations? He lives on they could the knife's fun. edge. Oh. <laughs> not too far off the edge. Not the razor's <laughs> edge. Not the ra- not the razor's edge. Once he, 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 he fell off of that edge. Yeah, yeah that. <laughs> <laughs> Hard yeah. to balance on that one. Maybe we should have a seance with him too. Oh my god! Oh, yeah, he's yeah, he's doing. I think we know how he's doing. It's probably not great. Hey yo, turn down the heat. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Speaking of people uh, teetering on the edge of existence, do we want to talk about Mick Mars? Oh. Yeah, there's been a uh, quite an update of the, the Mick Mars oh. uh, universe. Wait, that can't, can't he's alive that. still. He's alive still. <laughs> That's the first hurdle you have to clear when there's an update about Mick Mars. So uh, we talked about this, I believe, um, a few weeks ago, maybe yes. on our last episode with uh, Vinny Apice, <laughs> a peach, Vinny Apice. <laughs> uh, he's speaking. Out of turn, so to speak, for McMars, that Mick was very unhappy with being forced to retire uh, and that uh, he didn't want to play anymore and the band are just doing a cash grab. And, of course, uh, then <laughs> Nikki Six uh, said that Carmine at uh, should keep his mouth shut. And that... <laughs> Uh, you know, this is an internal affair, an internal business. Well, not so much anymore, because uh, now McMars is suing Motley Crue over uh, tour profits, uh, saying they're ripping him off financially. Hey, bone marrow is expensive. <laughs> uh, McMars, whose real name is, do we know this, guys? Do you know this? What's his real Molly name? Tina. <laughs> no. No. Mickey Uranus. Robert Allen Deal. That's his name. All right. Uh, Announced in October he was retiring from touring with Motley Crue due to his ongoing painful struggle with, I'm not going to pronounce the uh, disease, uh, a type of arthritis. Try it. Come on, Rob. No. Ank. Ankylosing spondylitis. I guess that's how well, it is. Spondylitis. <laughs> uh, so he sues. He's 71 years old, saying he could still record with the band or do limited performances. He just couldn't handle a f- full tour and uh, states that his bandmates held an emergency shareholders meeting to throw him out of the group and strip him of his shares in the corporation that manages the group's business interests. Oh, some shady shit. Like succession. Uh, uh, Mick says that Motley Crue cut his percentage of profits from 25 to 5%. <laughs> he was stepping back from touring. Oh, what's he doing, really? He can't do anything anyway, like. Well, he's saying he could still record or uh, perform select. Well, either way, uh, he's still a a partner in the corporation. But no, there is a thing in their contract that says if he loses 80% of bone density, then he loses 80% of his profits. Got to read the fine print. Yeah. 
Furthermore, he claims the band's lawyers made him feel like he should be grateful for even that small of a cut because <laughs> they didn't feel they owed him anything at all. What the the lawyer said, you should be grateful you're still breathing. Yeah. <laughs> e. Chino's there. <laughs> you're lucky you're still breathing. Oh, God, Mick also claims there was a full band meeting and they decided to, quote, unilaterally remove him from Motley Crue. Mick repeatedly accused bassist Nikki Six of gaslighting him about his guitar skills diminishing, despite the fact that Six didn't, quote, play a single note on bass during a recent tour, according to the guitarist. Whoa. Mick claims all of Nikki's parts were pre recorded. So it's that, that's quite some shade. I'm surprised he was able to say all this through his Stephen Hawking voice box. That's kind of impressive. It's a lot <laughs> well, of words. This is through this through his attorney. So oh, he tapped he it out have... in Morse code. <laughs> like the one video. Yeah. S O S. Help me. <laughs> Stay in Motley Crew. Six made it clear that uh, six made it clear to Mars that he believed that the five percent offer was a generous one, and that Mars, after forty-one consecutive years with the band, did not deserve anything going forward, which I, I wouldn't agree with. Mick's lawyers wrote in the filing: Six further gaslighted Mars by severely criticizing his performance on the U.S. tour and exclaimed that there is no way the band could tour with Mars anymore. Pretty fucked up. Hey, we got money I mean, to make. You can't make it. Get out of here. You're lucky we're giving you anything. On one hand, I would say they probably, you know, there is some case to be made that he should not be touring. Yeah. Uh, on the other no, hand, he shouldn't be touring. He is entitled but, to yeah. money. He's a founding member of the band, you know. Exactly. This is a kind of a scummy power move. Agreed. And there's plenty of money to go around. It's not like this is a struggle. They're talking about millions of fucking dollars. Yeah. Well, I mean, but Vince Neil has clearly spent quite a bit of that money since he's driving around on a fucking Zamboni in a commercial and doing <laughs> uh, this ab shit, ab controller uh, machine shit. What do you think would happen to Mick Mars if they hooked him up to that machine? Oh, my God. <laughs> Crumble into dust? One of two things. Crumble into dust or be rejuvenated oh into a normal walking human being with a spine. Oh my goodness. Could you imagine? Like, it's just like how they test on one drug and they find out that it cures cancer by they don't know. And then, yeah. like, for hair loss and it cures. Imagine they think it's just a stupid, goofy ab thing on Shark Tank and then it actually makes Mick Mars's spine like it's like stem cells. He can just He's walk. He can run a marathon now. Like an evolved Pokemon all of a sudden. How <laughs> to catch them all. <laughs> Imagine oh, if there man. was a Pokemon Go, but it's just all Mick Mars. You just have to catch. You just have to it's catch so all all disabled celebrity musicians. <laughs> That's it. Keith Richards is in there. They're they're not very fast moving. That would <laughs> beat that game in like a, a day and a half. Yeah, yeah. It's like easy <laughs> mode for Pokemon Go. Pokemon slow. <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice, Rob. That could uh, be your next big venture. You could. Develop that app. Yeah. Fucking uh, uh, your boy Bangs has an app. What are you waiting for? Yeah. <laughs> it's a right. game, gaming app, which we've played on our Patreon. That's right. So you guys know if you see if you are Patreon, join our Patreon, you can see Rob play the Bangs <laughs> app. It's like a right. candy crush, but with Bangs. Yeah. It's very bad. It's in our Hall of Fame induction yes. of Bangs. Uh, so. 
Mars also claimed that a Six would make band decisions without telling the other musicians and would ask his bandmates to sign documents immediately on Fridays at 5 p.m. How did Mars Brothers of 41 years respond to Mars' tragic announcement about quitting the road? Asks the suit. They noticed an emer- they noticed an emergency shareholders meeting for the band's main corporate entity in order to throw Mars out of the band, to fire him as director of the corporation, to fire him as an officer of the corporation, and to take away his shares of the corporation. Uh. When he did not go away quietly, they purported to fire him from six additional band corporations and LLCs. It's got dirty. The suit contends during much of the band's recent tenure, Six continually gaslighted Mars, telling him that Mars had some sort of cognitive dysfunction and that his guitar playing was subpar, claiming that Mars forgot chords and sometimes started playing the wrong songs. So why is one of them playing to a track and why is Mick Mars actually playing this, the, the guitar in this uh, tour? Well, if the other ones are using a track, why is he Maybe playing? Maybe he just would. He refused to play to a track. But if it's that bad, like Maybe it's not that. Is he lying that it's bad? I don't know. It can't. But ha, like he's so. I'm not trying to make fun of him. Like I am kind of, but like <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> but like right now, I'm not. I'm being serious. Yeah. Like what? Like like he can't, like why he can't possibly play the guitar like he used to, right? If he's so diminished, I, yeah, it's I, very hard to believe that he's yeah what he used to be yeah. i can't yeah i can't imagine how much he's actually playing but uh so yeah they continue astonishingly six made the claims about mars playing while six did not play a single note on the bass during the entire u.s tour ironically a hundred percent of six's bass parts were nothing but recordings six mm. was seen fist pumping in the air with his strumming hand while the bass part was playing in fact, a significant portion of Vince Neil's vocals were also pre-recorded. <laughs> Even some of Tommy Lee's drum parts were recording. Some fans actually noticed that Lee was walking towards his drum set as they heard his drum part begin. Uh, I believe all of that, but that doesn't change that. Like, if Mick Mars was the only one not playing to a recording so he's playing he was playing yeah so hold on although mars had indicated that the 12 u.s stadium dates would be his last shows while touring the 12 dates ultimately expanded to 36 shows and mars performed at every single one of them in constant pain jesus uh sixes gaslighting came to a crescendo during the stadium tour when knowing that this was mars's last tour as a result of his extreme increasingly painful and debilitating uh, syndrome apparently already plotting to force him out of the bed. Excuse me. Oh my god, that's how, that's how Mick bed. Mars first started getting injured. And he repeatedly told Mars he was playing the wrong chords, and fans were complaining about his playing. Mars at times on the tour did play the wrong chords, but not due to any cognitive dysfunction. He was playing live, and his in-ear monitors were constantly malfunctioning. It's everyone else's fault. It's also because Mars- his hands are gnarled by arthritis. Yeah. <laughs> Mars was unable to hear his own instrument. The fact that Mars, uh, Mars is rarely mocked or criticized online. He is a quiet member of the group who shows up to play and puts his heart and soul into each performance. Wait, 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 wait. He's rarely mocked online? Is that what you just said? We're yeah, not doing enough. Can here. you please forward every single live cast to uh, <laughs> 56's lawyers? You shut that case down real quick. Wow. The, the, 
it goes on to say, <laughs> conversely, other members are often criticized online, particularly Neil, no. who is routinely torn to shreds for, among other things, not remembering songs. Imagine uh, if one of our shows is actually entered into evidence. Could you? <laughs> we have to testify. Yeah. The bag hutch said he can't afford to put his heart or soul into performance. That's true. How much does he have? Like, this is a finite yeah. amount of heart and soul left. Barely. All that's left is the soul. <laughs> All the actual tissue and viscera is withered and evaporated. Yeah. Desiccated. Uh, Dusty Rhodes Muffler says, is Mick Mars like the vagina ain't handicapped lady now? Oh, well, she's my dead. vagina ain't handicapped. Vagina ain't handicapped. So what? I can't walk. My vagina ain't handicapped. That's He's going to cover that song. Wait, she's alive, isn't she? No, she's dead. Oh, that's right. Yes, I remember now. Sorry. I'd trade Mick Mars's life for hers to bring oh, her back. Did we also induct her into the Hall of Fame? Yes, that's, that's where we find out she died. And she, see? and she also plays her own instruments. I got to tell you, she's really singing on that track. Then, unlike Motley Crue. <laughs> yeah. It's true. But also, her life show, I bet, probably didn't cost like $100 for the worst seat. Again, another, another point to her. <laughs> Uh, so Motley Crue has since responded uh, to the lawsuit. How do you think they responded? They probably just apologized and decided ah. to give Mick his fair share. Yes. You know. Now, We've seen the, the light. Thing. We've seen the light. <laughs> the error of our ways. Yeah, this whole thing is over now. Uh, no, not, not quite. In fact, uh, here it is. They uh, issued a statement to Loudwire. Okay. Oh, just to Loudwire. They got the exclusive. Loudwire got the exclusive. Uh, Lauren Schaffner there. Why not Lambgoat? Maybe Lambgoat didn't reach out to their uh, management team. Uh Aha. Fucking slackers. Uh, So uh, Motley Crue, uh, as a group, uh, offered this response. I just picture them all speaking in in unison at the same time. (laughs) I'll read it. But it's a recording. Make you dumb bitch. No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> Make you ignorant slut. <laughs> Mick's lawsuit is unfortunate and completely off base. In 2008, Mick voted for and signed an agreement in which he and every other band member agreed that in no event shall any resigning shareholder be entitled to receive any monies attributable to live performance, i.e. tours. After the last tour, Mick publicly resigned from Motley Crue. Despite the fact that the band did not owe Mick anything, and with Mick owing the band millions in advances that he did not pay back, the band offered Mick a generous compensation package to honor his career with the band. Manipulated by his manager and lawyer, Mick refused and chose to file this ugly public lawsuit. Equally unfortunate are his claims about the band's live performances. Motley Crue always performs its songs live, uh, during, but during the last tour, Mick struggled to remember chords, played the wrong songs, made constant mistakes, which led to his departure from the band. There are multiple declarations from the band's crew attesting to his decline, which are attached. The band did everything to protect him, tried to keep these matters private, to honor, his Mick, to honor Mick's legacy, and take the high road. Unfortunately, Mick chose to file the lawsuit to badmouth the band. 
The band feels empathy for Mick, wishes him well, and hopes that he can get better guidance from his advisors, who are driven by greed. It's the advisors that are driven by greed. That kind of sounds, and maybe it's just very well written legalese. That kind of made me rethink what is going on here. Maybe they're in the right. How so? I don't know if any of that's true, and I don't know if it is. I mean, it seems reasonable. Well, I will say like that. Like when they say that they have signed statements from the crew members, like those guys still work for the band. So of course they're going to say whatever the band wants them to, if they want to keep sure. their job. So that is, uh, but I know, I believe everything they say about Mick Mars, but it's still like, just no. Yeah. I feel a little both, bit more gracious on the way out. Like just give them both sides are uh, correct. You know, like I could believe this. Uh, and this idea, the idea about the resigning, like signing a paper saying that if you resign, you forfeit all profits from the band. That seems like bullshit. Uh, it seems like a bullshit that? clause uh, or that they maybe snuck in because they knew that of all the people, who's the one that would resign? You know, it's going to yeah. be fucking McMar. The rest they of them pro- are- <sighs> Yeah, but like, didn't they also probably think that he'd be dead before he had a chance to resign? Like, I don't, it's all very confusing. Like, part of me thinks that this all happened because they expected him to be dead a long time ago and he stuck around. <laughs> yeah. I could believe that as well. Very yeah. Much so. so whose side are we on here, folks? I think 51% Mick Mars, I would say. Yeah. But like he, he should not be throwing. Yeah. It's just like, even if he's not technically right in this, like just Molly crew, just stop being dicks. Just give the old man some extra money, whatever. How yeah. much longer is he going to be around for anyway? Poor guy needs a new liver. Yeah. He needs to do everything. And they're making so much. Yeah. You know, like. Well, again, we have to circle back to Vince Neil doing infomercials at 3 a.m. I know, but still, like, they're doing these stadium shows. They're making like three million a night, was the report. But how much do they get out of that? Well, I mean. Enough, I'm sure. Even, yeah, like, even 20% of that is still a lot. This all to me reeks of like. They never liked Mick in the first place, and now they're just getting a chance to fuck him over a little bit. Because yeah. if they were all friends and like they'd feel bad and they'd want to like treat him well in his like last mm-hmm. few years, like this just seems like <clears throat> you, you've been annoying to us forever, and now you're vulnerable, so we could sort of stick it to you. But Robin said, also, let, let's let just indulge me for a second, let's do some math here. So you said, you said the two, two million a night. Let's say they get 10% mm-hmm. of that each. They get 200 grand and they do 20 stadium sh- shows. That means they each get $4 million. Now, let's remember that Vince Neal, over the course of his life with Molly Crew, probably made a good $300 million. And he's pissed enough of that away to be doing Zamboni commercials. How, mu- how fast would he go through $4 million? Probably really yeah. fast. They are. They probably at least Vince Neal at least he probably needs money. Now I'm not going to say he's living under a bridge, but I think he has a certain lifestyle he needs to maintain. And- I'm sorry, it's actually five million per show. Even side. So yeah. does this also? So like, is Mick Mars losing like royalties for like their old albums too, or is this just tour well, profits? That he's- didn't- Fucked Didn't out. they sell the catalog so they don't get anything, right? Yeah, they oh, already they... sold their catalog. No. 
This is I think it's just for well, no, it's it started with the just for touring, but then in this statement, they said that once he started pushing back, they started pushing him out of other corporations that they're partners in. So I'm assuming it's beyond touring. It's probably licensing or merchandising. Mm-hmm. Uh, but which that like look okay I think there is an argument to be made that he uh, shouldn't make that much off of touring I think he should still make something because it's without the work that he put in they would not be where they are today and would not be able to be charging the money they are today Uh, you could argue 5% is too little too much but in terms of royalties for like merch and all that shit he absolutely should be getting just as much as the rest of them yeah But we're not. I'm sure. I'm sure they'll settle on something, and then there'll be like some kind of like United press release that they've patched things up, and then three weeks later he'll be dead, and it won't have mattered, and it'll just be like an extra indignity in like the last few weeks of this man's life. (laughs) Which, like, really, the only indignity he should be suffering is the jokes that we make at his expense. Like everything else, he should be treated fine because he's like a walking ghost at this point. I think the 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 last indignity he should suffer is to put out a solo album and have one of his songs be used on a as the the title song on a WWE pay per view. <laughs> it's nothing more embarrassing than that. And yeah, if he says he's not forgetting chords and stuff like that, and he can still play, then all right, prove it. Put the album out. Let's see what it sounds like. Colin says you should get some of the royalties from the songs that he wrote with Motley Crue. I don't know which of us three he means. That Not should get the royalties, us. but I agree with him. Well, there's another comment above it. Read this one. Oh. It's a musician. It, it's a musician is in pain, or they have some kind of disability, or they can't play anymore. If a musician, maybe they have the right to resign or have a person take their place. Well, yeah, of course. I liked it better when it was us getting the royalties. Yeah, seriously, Rob. Let's go back. I want the royalties. We could just be like George Santos and just say that we wrote <laughs> all these songs, or or Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I we played were all the, the bassist in Motley Crue at one point. Oh. Fuck it. Fourth I try. could pump my fist to a recording if that's all it takes now. Promise you I won't go through four million like that like Vince Neil did. Yeah, I'm happy with five percent. Sure. I don't yeah, even I need to, I don't even need to buy bone marrow. <laughs> Yet. I'm yeah, it can't hurt to have some tucked away. Medicine cabinet or something. It's delicious. It is pretty good. Spread it on some toast points. Mm. Mm. Human bone marrow? I've never had that that I know of, but I, it's probably not dissimilar from cow marrow. It, it it saves lives. It probably tastes great. Yeah. So, Darren, what happened at City Field to you this week? You went to a Mets game. Oh, yeah. So I should give you some background first. So I So, as you know, Sid and I... Are huge Mets fans. Rob's a Mets fan too. I think Sid and I are a little yeah, more yeah. more obsessive. But I have a streak going for the last forty years uh, with my mother since nineteen eighty three. We've been to every opening day, and people think sometimes you know following a, a team as obsessively as I do is a little silly. But I have a lot of like family bonding stuff tied up in that, and I'm very. You know, my mother and I have a somewhat rocky relationship, even though I love her. She loves me, but go the Mets are a way we experience like having a nice three hour time and not fighting with each other. So I take her 
every year. And this year we went, it was yesterday, and it was a great game. And we were sitting in front of these two guys that I was kind of only half listening to them. But they were sort of like, you know, not talking about politics, but you could pick up that they were sort of like MAGA adjacent, mm-hmm. kind of, even though they were talking about sports. I was like, whatever. I just thought it was kind of funny. And the game goes on. The game progresses. They just not. It's like a podcast, like nonstop talking, nonstop talking, inane opinions about everything related to sports and otherwise. And finally, seventh inning comes. And I don't know if, Sid, you've been to a game with me. I don't know if they played God Bless America. I do not stand up when God Bless America is played. I think it's a shitty song. Oh, they still do that. The they don't do it. The, the Yankees do it every game. Dodgers do it every game. Most of the teams, including the Mets, do it on special occasions like opening day, or maybe every Sunday or the 4th of July or 9-11. You know, they do it when it's an opportunity it. like for a patriotic holiday. Yes. Yeah. So the Mets do, do not do it every game, but they did it this game. And I sit down and I, it's not like I'm achieving some kind of political goal or something. I don't like the song. So I just sit there and look at my phone. That's it. And, uh, and so the guy in the middle of the song taps me on the shoulder. He oh, no. Over into my row. And he says, hey, man, your legs don't work. Just like that. The fuck and you? I said, I, said uh, I turned around. I said politely. I said, my legs work great. I'm intentionally sitting down during this song because I fucking hate it. And then he shut up. And he didn't say anything to me. And he turned <laughs> away. The song's still going on during all this, by the way. So where is his respect for this wonderful fucking yeah. song? And he turns to his friend. He's like, "Oh, that's why he's wearing a mask." See, yeah, it all goes together. You know. Oh and I had, I had what? to have. I actually had my mask down. I had it on a chin strap because I, when I go to the seat, and you, I've been to games with you guys. I, I don't feel like uh, I, I put the mask up when I'm going to go to the concourse. Mm-hmm. So when there's a bunch of people, one of them might potentially turn around and sneeze right in my nostril. That's when I have the mask up, and I keep it for convenience. I keep it here. I don't really feel unsafe. When I'm at my seat looking forward and the only other person in close proximity to me is my mother. So it's fine. Or you or Rob, whatever. So I had it down. So then there has a, like an ongoing. Now the song ends. The game's back on. There's like a conversation behind me about my mask, uh, my mask oh my wearing. God. And my mother. They're talking about my mother wearing a mask. Oh, whatever. I'm ignoring. I'm a grown adult now. So I'm ignoring it. I just think they're stupid idiots. And I, I'm waiting for them to actually address me again directly. And then mm-hmm. some shit will go down. But they didn't. They're just passive aggressively. Blah, blah, blah. They're so offended that I didn't stand up for the stupid song. Okay. Now the game ends. The Mets win. Yay. I'm walking out. I'm walking up the steps. He's right behind me. The guy, the, the guy who tapped me on the shoulder says, gives me the high five signal. So I said, Oh, okay. You know, he's a dickhead, but he's being gracious. All right. Bury the hatchet. Boom. High five. I'm walking up and he goes, But you know, you really should stand up for the for uh, so then I stopped. Okay. So then I stopped. So I said, I turned around. I said, you know what? Actually, I don't have to stand up because this is a free country. Isn't that the point of the fucking song that you're so worried about and crying over that we live in a free country and it's the greatest country in the world. So I can sit in my fucking seat if you want to and you should mind your own fucking business. And then it's not him, but his friend lost it and his friend stands up and his friend, and I don't mean to knock anybody in the audience who's short, but his friend must have been about five foot three. And 
And I, it's not. Uh, what judging? age range with these guys? 45 to 50. Okay. Roughly my age. Okay. But looked way older. But I, I feel like I, I can guess. I would guess they're a hard 47. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know how you can tell someone's not yeah. that old, but they look old? Like you, uh -huh. you could read the situation. So that's what I would guess. So then his friend lost it. The, other, the guy who tapped me on the shoulder was like kind of calm throughout all of this. That guy lost it. So you're still at your seats at this point? Or we have vacated our seats. We walked up the aisle. To, okay. We were in the Coca-Cola corner. Okay. So it's like a big open area once you get up the aisle. And I'm standing at the top of the stairs. And the guy is now hiding. The short guy. And I, I wanted to say this to be clear. Again, I'm not shaming short people. But the combination of being short and super belligerent always amuses me. I think there's something going on there. Just it's embrace being Levinson short. Situation. So his friend is like my height, like not like a, close to six feet, eye to eye. The other guy's like, you ever see the the Looney Tunes cartoon where there's the big bulldog and the little dog prancing mm -hmm. around around him? Like, come on, Spike, we're gonna beat him up, right? Come on, Spike. That was that guy. Okay. <laughs> so he's like, hey, why don't you why don't you pull your mask up, bitch? Pull your. I said, I said, what the fuck did you just say to me? Like my twenty year old, the fuse got lit mm -hmm. in my brain, and I was like the fuck did you just say to me and then, and then the other guy's trying to calm him down and calm me down he's like ah come on you know it's just the god bless america thing you know you really just, i said like i told you before i don't have to stand up for any fucking song why don't you go to north korea if you want to go to a fucking uh, military procession where they make you stand for a fucking <laughs> fake patriotism song i don't do that shit if you don't like it stick it up your fucking ass i don't give a shit i don't know you i don't know you i'm here yeah with my fucking did a usa chant break out <laughs> people started gathering around because they thought that some some fucking fisticuffs were going to be happening and a, there was like a nice very very nice uh Sort of like older uh, threshold zillennial couple, maybe 25, who were there. And they were kind of very, very docile types, but they were like defending me. Like, come on, man, just leave him alone. Like, come on, what's that? I was like, I wanted to tell him, like, I got this. Because the guy might turn around and punch them in the face, you know. Uh, but they were very sweet. And then when this all ended, by the way, fast forward, they got an elevator with me. Like, I can't believe he did. I've never seen that at a game. That was so wrong. What do they care if you wear a mask? That is so silly. I was like, he was just drunk, you know. But anyway, I came very close to punching this guy in the face because he was talking to my mother, too. And he's like, the, the, the both of them started giving like the dissertation on mask wearing. Oh, and you know, it's doing more harm to you than good. You know that, oh, right? It's doing more harm to you than good. I Take your. I don't right. understand. Like, it's one thing for you yourself personally to right. not want to wear a mask, but to like shit on other people for wearing masks. I never like get over it. Like, like how is this person? Yeah, like, like, how are they bothering you? Like, it's in no way a threat to you that somebody else is wearing a mask. They're anything culturally. Else, they're being considerate because they're not getting their fucking germs yeah. on you. They're culturally offended by the mask. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, it's I don't Kid Rock that. shooting at the Bud Light. It's uh -huh. the same thing. So I said again, I said to him, look, you since we've been at this game together, one row apart, you've been drinking. You've had 19 beers. Yeah. You destroyed your liver and you're now going to be an authority on. I'm, let me listen to the alcoholic weirdo who's telling me <laughs> about masks. That that's the information I'm going to listen to and not a doctor who tells me to put a mask on in a public place. Thank you very much. And then the guy lost it again. He's like, yeah, walk away, bitch. And then I stopped. This is the last interaction. <laughs> he turned around. 
and I pushed this gently pushed the taller guy out of the way. And I said, I'm standing right here. What do you want to do? Take a swing at me. I'm not going to punch you because I'm not going to get a, a, arrested with my mother here, my 80 year old mother. I'm not going to get arrested. If you throw, if you jump up and throw a fucking punch at me, I will knock you on your ass and put you in the hospital. You picked the wrong fucking person. And he's like, eh, you're a fucking asshole. He just like basically verbally backed off. I was like, okay, of course. have a good day. And I got in the elevator because my mother takes the elevator at City Field. She doesn't like to walk down the stairs. They how went down your, the stairs. How did your mom react to all of this? She actually snapped at the guys one time during this whole exchange when he was going on and on and on about the mask. Like I was telling him, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off. And he kept saying the same, like, like a robot. The taller guy was like, you know, the mask is bad for you, right? The mask is bad. He kept doing the repeat thing. And my mother's like, oh, shut up. Like, nobody wants to hear your advice. Like, shut the fuck up. My mother's a hardcore, like, New York broad, you know, and a huge sports fan. And then she pulled out a switchblade and stabbed him in the gut. I wish. I'd She's a so hardcore proud New York broad. I'd be yeah. so proud of her. She's not that hardcore. <laughs> She's willing to yell at you, though. She's got massive road rage and stuff like that. So when she drives... Uh, but yeah, you know, like I've always said on the show, like I, I, I feel like if I was 20, the guy would have been in the hospital. Uh, I have evolved, I think, since then. I thought I handled that well, but yeah. you don't want to oh. get into a scuffle at City Field and then they ban you from the park. You can't go to Mets games anymore. Well, it's just not worth yeah, it. Yeah, like that's what I would that that's where my head would be like, oh, I don't want to like ruin my fun because of some dipshit. I agree, which is why I didn't punch him in the yeah. mouth. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't reach down and punch him in the mouth. These because, aren't uh, season tickets you have, right? This was just one game. So this is not like a section that you're going to be sitting in with them behind you nope. again, hopefully. No. Oh, I, I would have no qualms about that. Say something to me. Like I said, I'm not going to throw the first punch. I'm not going to get ejected, but I'll defend myself. Yeah. They were so drunk, fucking one punch to the heart, I'll probably give them cardiac arrest. <laughs> <anyway>. <laughs> it's like fighting Mick Mars. Yeah. Guy was falling all over. The, the taller guy was way drunker than the shorter guy. Huh. And he was like falling all over himself, like stumbling, trying to tell me these Ben Shapiro, Shapiro facts about oh. masks. Like, it was hilarious. Was it, was it a Mets mask? Maybe he wouldn't have been as offended if it had a Mets logo no. on it. Standard, regular black yeah. KN95. See, that was the mistake. I bet he wouldn't have been mad if your mask had a Mets logo on it. There's dipshits like this in every fan base, unfortunately. Yeah. The end. <laughs> but at least they won the game. They won at the game. That. I couldn't believe so, the guy high-fived me at the end. I was, like, ready for this guy to say something to me on the way out. And he was like, I was like, oh, he's actually being nice. Let's, let me be gracious, even though he's got a lot of stupid yeah. opinions. Let me just, you know. Of course, he had to stick something of else course. on there. Sad. <laughs> Very sad. Can't enjoy a Mets game without some kind of political commentary. <laughs> he should be indicted. Uh, we did get some viewer mail. Ooh. Trump would have hated that guy because he was short. Let's get that out of the way. Forget any of the opinions. Not from central casting. Yes. No. <laughs> Bad genetics is what they call that. <laughs> Terrible. It's a sad thing. Yeah. Let's just say this guy's not getting a lot of women. Yeah. He put the Stewie <laughs> voice on. You wouldn't be getting any models. You know, but... And I'm sure, you know, I'm sure his mom likes it, but... Uh... Not too many other people do. Let's look at the resume. Six foot two. Not great. Not good. 
I always love when Rob does the Trump voice enough that it turns into Germany Glick. It always happens like halfway through. It's they're not that he, he turns into Jiminy Glick sometimes. I think <laughs> you just, just don't listen to enough Trump to hear it. My bad. I'll remedy that. Yeah, please. All right. So this one's from Chris. Uh, we love we love the feedback. Of course, you can send us uh, your feedback. RIP a livecast at gmail.com. That is the email address. Tag us on social media. We're RIP a livecast where we are. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And Chris asks, wanted to share a situation and get your thoughts if it's interesting to you guys. I switched to T-Mobile via a text chat last week. In this chat, the guy very clearly said, just for switching, we'll be sending you an $800 Visa credit card. I thought this was weird, but I double-checked with him and he confirmed. No strings attached. A week later, I'm curious when this credit card will be showing up in the mail, so I do some investigating. It turns out that this chat person either lied to bait me into switching or, out of stupidity, gave me the wrong information. Customer service did not believe me at first. I proved it by sending the transcript. They not only weren't willing to send me the card, but continually tried to upsell me more expensive plans while reading a script. Eventually, they told me I should probably discontinue the service. So where am I going with all of this? Do you guys think I should have kept going? I spent three hours on this ordeal. Was it was I right to stop when they finally said you should just leave T-Mobile? Do you know of any cell phone providers that provide good customer service? No. Uh, then no. he goes on, thanks, love the show. Would like an update from 3D on any recent dating stories since the separation. <laughs> he says, I went on a date recently and was internet stalked by the lady's ex who was a felon. Good stuff. <laughs> Chris, uh, I want to quickly address the, the first question. Uh, it's. I'm assuming that you, you're saying you switched via text chat. I've never signed up for a phone contract via text chat. I'm assuming the text chat initiated was initiated by that person. If that is the case, and you did not initiate this text chat, it is most likely that this person 100% scammed you. He's just a third-party T-Mobile affiliate. I've worked for plenty that weren't scams. I just worked for a, a cell phone store that it was just like a... a you know, a third party uh, company that you could sign up for a T-Mobile contract or an AT&T contract. But we, I didn't work for T-Mobile. I worked for this company who then had an affiliate deal with T-Mobile. It sounds like this person had that same affiliate deal and he scammed you by claiming uh, that you would have an $800 Visa card. But I don't think you signed anything to prove that they would send you that. There's usually terms to that as well. Like you have to commit to a certain amount of time. Uh, so it might be they just lied to you. And, and and it sounds like when you call T-Mobile, you call T-Mobile directly and they don't have any deal like that. So they didn't know what you were talking about, which is probably why they encourage you to cancel because there's no way they could fulfill a deal that they never offered. Now, here's so, my question. When he says text chat, does he mean someone literally texted him or does he mean he went to T-Mobile.com and like did the contact us chat with a representative thing? Right. That, that I am unsure of. Very I, different. I, for my thing to make sense in my head, I'm assuming this yeah. person, because he said, uh, uh, you know, and also he double checked with him and he confirmed. You should have double checked on Google, you know, did, did some Google searching, seen some advertisement online that would prove such, because if something is too good to be true, 
it most likely is, unfortunately. The good news is you do have 30 days to cancel, and so you could get all your money back. Uh, and uh, I, Unless the scammer I I, isn't even affiliated with T-Mobile and just took yeah. his info, and I don't know. As far this, as, far as what service to use, I'm personally on AT&T. It's fine. It's yeah. cheaper than Verizon. Uh, it's better than AT&T from what I hear in terms of service but it depends wait, on where wait, you wait, live wait, 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 wait. you just said you're on at&t and it's better than at&t in terms of service. i'm sorry it's better than t-mobile okay. uh in terms of sir in terms of like where i get signal compared to my friends on t-mobile uh i would say from what i've heard verizon is the best with customer service and service but they're also the most expensive so uh you find yourself a happy medium wherever you want to go uh as far as the second part of the question uh darren that, that's all you yeah. Uh, well, I wanted to also first say something about T-Mobile, too, that if this was uh, maybe two years ago, I would have said they had far and away the best customer service of any telecommunications company that I've dealt with. It's gone sharply downhill huh. in the past little while. It's just awful. They've outsourced it to other countries. It used to be okay. fully U.S. based. And they're also a lot less cooperative when like issues like this crop up. They're very rude at times and they don't offer anything like, you know, they, like they treat you basically as if you're trying to, to squeeze something out of them. Mm. So they're treating you more as the adversary, whereas they used to treat you as a customer, I would say. That's, so that's awesome. a very recent development. Uh, dating. I don't I don't have any like crazy horror stories lately. I wish I did. I'll be gladly bring them to the show. But like I've been kind of swamped with uh, school and work. And poker, and it's like all, and this show, and it's all like kind of. But I did go on a, I, I've been uh, texting with this uh, lovely woman. Her name is Lucia. Mm. And we went on one date, and she met me when I was in my full umpire gear after working. I was very sweaty, and she didn't care. And we went to a Dallas BBQ. And had a very nice oh. chat and had some very nice, cheap, but delicious food. Uh, I, she picked it. I wasn't being a cheap date. And uh, I love Dallas BBQ, so I'm glad that we have similar tastes. And we'll see where it goes. I'll keep you updated. Very lovely woman. Nice. I'm sorry Nothing. if that's not, a, not an exciting answer. But uh, no, no crazy sex tales yet uh, since the last uh, discussion. And no uh, crazy people that I've dealt with lately. But it's really because I'm not putting as much time in, honestly. Like, this is a busy... Well, now it's spring break, but it's like... Work is heating up for school. Like I'm, I'm a senior now, and I'm like almost done with undergrad, and it's like a lot of shit. I gotta make, I gotta make two video essays within the next week that I've procrastinated on. I just have scripts so far. Can the live cast count as a video essay for you? Uh, I've definitely interjected some things we've talked about on here into a couple of video essays so far. Nice, but no, now, I don't think I can just use work? an episode. You, just, you record yourself talking, or like, how does it work? Yeah, well, you, you've seen video essays, like film criticism essays and stuff online. Mm -hmm. So it's like that. I just record, I write a script. You have to write a, a shooting script with like, you know, it has the text that you're reading and then like a link to video footage you're, you're showing and then any graphics that are going to be in the shot and it has to all be laid out. You write all of that, then you record the audio and then you just take clips and sort of edit them together, pop in text and whatever, you, you know, fancy shit mm -hmm. you want to throw in there. And it's just uh, like film criticism essays and like or the one I'm working on now is how is uh, 
the name that how was Robert Eggers's film The Witch influenced by three other films before it? So it's like The Shining, Nosferatu, The Crucible, and you know other horror slash witch related movies. Nosferatu, I said, I think. Uh, oh, uh, Haxon, the old German documentary. I don't know. This is all boring to the audience, probably, but that's generally an idea of the kind of shit I have to do. Very cool. deep, deep in the woods uh, movie stuff. And some of the movies take place deep in the woods. Yeah, especially The Witch. You see The Witch? I have not yet. I've been uh, told by multiple people I should. Maybe the best movie of the 2010s, I think. Wow. One of my favorites. Better than La La Land? <laughs> You're kidding, right? <laughs> I was I didn't want to laugh too hard in case you really loved La La Land. It was fine. The movie sucks so bad. Moonlight would be another one of my favorites of the 2010. I'll say one of. It's up. I'd say top five for sure. Is La La Land top 35? La La Land could go, go in the toilet as far as I'm concerned. It's one of the worst movies I've seen. Relative to its prominence and like, you know, that obvious, is fair. obviously partners like Peter James Iango films yeah. are not in the same criticism scale. The, one of the most overrated. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, what a trash movie. Everything Rob. wrong with like musicals is in that. I don't what movie? Like I'm sorry. I, I got a little distracted. By La La Land. You know what I love? No, I liked it. Oh, did you? Yeah, it was all right. It was. I thought it wasn't like the best movie of the year, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the throwback quality of it. It made me want to go back and watch, like Singing in the Rain. There's a bunch of really good ones on HBO Max from back in, back in the day. And when I say back in the, in the day, I mean like, yeah, like the 30s and 40s. Like, now let me channel Trump about this. Ready? Wrong. <laughs> You're wrong. I'll tell you what's a great musical that I just saw. Fantastic. In the Heights. No, I didn't. See <laughs> I, I could only make bad. it through. I could only make it through like four minutes of that movie. But I this didn't. movie <laughs> takes place in the Heights. Oh, and it's called West Side Story by yeah. Steven Spielberg. The oh, really? Loved it. it. Loved wow. it. Loved it more than the original. I think it's a better movie than the original. Wow, and that is surprising. That. I'll have to check the it cause, out. Because here's why: he's faithful to the to the play material. They got actual Latinos to play the Latino parts. Fucking well, woke of, musicals. <laughs> yeah, go shoot them with a fucking uh, Uzi. No, most some <laughs> of them were Latinos in the original Rita Moreno and stuff, but like every Latino character is played by a Latino actor. It's authentically New York type. You know, he's a New Yorker or New York based Jersey guy, right? And also, it deals with like this peripheral shit about this movie. Like, why are these people in gangs? You just kind of introduced to them in the original movie. Oh, they're just hoodlums. Like, fuck them. You know, they're just losers, classless. This is like, take actually takes into account the socioeconomic factors huh. about why people are in gangs, why they're racist, uh, why they hate each other's race and all that stuff. And it's like very, there's also a trans character in the movie. There was a character in the original film that was like a tomboy girl. Mm. And they transformed her in the remake into a trans man, okay. trans teenage boy. That's uh, very I well done. Did not know about and, it, and it does not hit you over the head with any of that stuff. It's really faithful to the musical, but with these little nice touches, I thought. Wonderful movie. Everyone should see it. Nice. Huh. I had no idea. Hmm. Let's talk about our uh, Spotify picks every week. 
We like to pick a song. We each pick a song. We throw it on the RAPL Livecast music break, which you could see on Spotify. Uh, this week, I picked the song Eyeless by Slipknot. Uh, it's pronounced Alice, Rob. Come on. Um, no, it is not pronounced Alice. Show some respect to the knot. To your uh, boss. What? I don't know. Um, but it has the lyric, uh, you can't see California without Marlon Brando's eyes. Oh, and I was just in California. Did uh, you see so it? I didn't see Marlon Brando's eyes, but I saw LA. It was nice. It was a fun time. You didn't share any stories. We did this whole episode. You didn't say a thing about it. Oh, well, you didn't ask. <laughs> How about that? I was waiting for someone to ask, but nobody cared. <laughs> No, it was, it was really, really fun. I mean, I went for wrestling. I'm going to be posting a little vlog on NotFest in the next day or two. But honestly, my big takeaway is that I am an old man. Oh, you got tired I, on the trip? I got so tired. I was so, I couldn't, I was like, oh my God. Like, I, I had events that I was looking forward to, but I would wake up and be like, oh, my lower back. <laughs> why, why am I doing this? Uh, there's just a lot of standing, a lot of moving around, a lot of, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sedentary, uh, most of the time. Uh, and so, um, it definitely, uh, made me come face to face with my mortality. It wasn't like, it, it reminded me of going to South by Southwest many years ago, obviously for music, not wrestling, but just, I didn't feel as exhausted after while still feeling exhausted, nowhere near as how much I felt this time. And to the point where, you know, next year, uh, the WrestleMania week activities are going to be in Philadelphia, which is just a drive away for me. And I'm probably not going to go to 10 events. I'm probably just going to go to like one or two, you know, just keep do they safe. stagger these events so that they're both a not happening during WrestleMania and B not happening during each other's events. There are no, there's no competing events during WrestleMania. Uh, but there's usually at least two events happening at any time. So there was a lot of stuff that I really wanted to see that I missed just because I had to pick one. And I actually ended up uh, coming home and watching like another five hours of wrestling, <laughs> essentially just of all the stuff that I missed that I heard was like so crazy that I, I wanted mm -hmm. to see. But uh, it, I, it finally happened though. I needed a break from it. I had too much wrestling. It was I like, all right, it. I get it. <laughs> you know, I don't need that. I need a, I need a few minutes off. I got that just from watching WrestleMania, honestly. <laughs> like, it wasn't bad. It wasn't terrible, but it was a lot of it was a lot. But all I feel the thing with WrestleMania is what what kind of what's a negative? I, I don't know if this is a negative or whatever, but leading up to WrestleMania, like WrestleMania is the reason all these shows are happening, you know, because they're the ones that draw the main crowd that get these <clears throat> people in town who want to sample these other promotions that you would never see because they don't usually tour in the states like for example ddt came over from japan it was very very fun to watch that uh the thing is by the time wrestlemania comes around you've already watched like 10 hours of unique top of the line pro wrestling that you're like you know how many canadian destroyers do you need to see it's not exciting anymore or like falls off i watched three ladder matches before wait canadian destroyer is a kind of match it's a move. It's a move. Oh, it's what is move. what? What is it? I don't know. If it's I'm very hard so, to explain. It's, it's basically so hard to like a flipping pile driver. You okay. Essentially, well, why don't you show you me have video? Someone, 
you have someone in a pile driver position and instead of lifting them up as you would, you know, uh, you know, they're between your crotch and instead of lifting them up into a pile driver, you do a front flip. And then the, with the flip, they, they're back flipping into a pile driver. Let me just preface this also, or add an asterisk to, to this for Sid. Uh, it is a move that's completely useless in a real fight. It could never happen. It's purely acrobatic. It looks yeah. very nice. It looks yeah. very nice, but it makes no sense. Okay. I think I could picture it in my head. Okay. Thank you. But I want to ask you, Rob, do you think... Um, so the intent of these companies is to use WrestleMania to attract fans, right? Such as yourself, to see other yeah. types. Yes. Do you think this works, or are you more of the exception? Oh, here's a Canadian. Oh, it, it absolutely works. Wait, uh, watch this before you answer. Let's. Here you go. There you go. Okay, that's yeah, that industry. that does. Uh, yeah, I don't know why that seems. Oh, maybe off the top rope. Okay, it also seems like it could very seriously injure someone if they do it wrong. Yeah, sure. The thing is, it's all reliable. Relied on the person taking it doing a safe backflip. It's yeah. the person giving it, it takes virtually no risk. But yeah, the other thing, like, it looks like if it's done correctly, though, it seems like I don't even know how that would hurt the person that's receiving it. If it's yeah. done wrong, it could kill you. But if it's done correctly, it seems completely harmless, even it's in like the guise ac- of a wrestling match. It's an acrobatic flip. Yeah, yeah. Which is right, fine. So- it should, like, I can understand why someone might do a, like a, um, like a, uh, a 619 or, you know, you're hitting the guy in the face or doing a, a 450 splash. You know, yeah. it's like all those revolutions might add to your momentum and then you and then you land on them. And that makes sense to me, yeah. even though it's it's an excuse. It's like retrofitting a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, but it's, it, it makes sense. This doesn't make sense to me. I, I, maybe that's why it's Canadian. They're so nice <laughs> that they, their wrestling moves don't actually hurt. It's just so funny because, like, in any scenario where you do this, just doing a proper pile driver, a regular one, would be way more impactful to yeah. the person's spinal column. Yeah. But this is flippy. Right. I don't so I love flippy. I love Eric? flippy. My my question was, is this really we're just working on you and you're a minority of somebody who's already insanely obsessed with wrestling, or is this attracting more people to get eyeballs on the thing that will sustain them in the future? Oh, I think it's absolutely attracting uh, more people because someone uh, who tracks the business said all the att- the attendance on all of the secondary non WWE shows is up from last year. Good. So more people are attending these shows. There's more buzz online. It's also easier than ever to watch them online. Before you mm-hmm. had to buy every show separately. So if you were to, you know, consume everything legally, it would be like 130 to 150 dollars to watch everything. But now most of these shows are part of the fight app, is it? Fight, yeah, Fight Plus. Fight has their own over-the-top network, which is like six bucks a month. Wow. So six bucks, you get get to watch like 20 hours of top-of-the-line pro wrestling. That's great. Yeah, so it was really, really good. And uh I do think, though, also, uh, to your point, Darren, it's like a very insular, hardcore wrestling community. Because at most of these shows, I was seeing the same people. You know, there would be a changeover, but a lot of the same folks. Uh, But it's great. Still, you know, I saw my favorite wrestler, Kota Ibushi, 
in a Ukrainian culture center with 800 other people, you know, and he only Wait, why was he in a Ukrainian culture center? That's where the, the that was the venue. Oh, the Ukrainian okay. Culture center. Oh, right. It was like the, the VFW hall. <laughs> so that's not a type of match. That's just. <laughs> No, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's like a, it's a, it's an auditorium where they set up a wrestling ring in the middle of it. Did he do a Ukrainian destroyer? <laughs> oh, wait, that's Putin. <laughs> oh. I was going to ask if Zelensky did a speech before the match. Yeah. Was there any, <laughs> but like jokes aside, was there like any like Ukrainian sappy, like, you know, tribute shit during before, during the show? Not this time. Uh, when the war originally started, I believe there was, there was something along those lines. And then they had a big uh, fundraiser uh, for uh, victims. I heard Hulk Hogan was going to send his two big guns to, uh, to Ukraine uh, to help them. Pythons? The war. Yes. <laughs> They could go on the shelf no. right next to Sean Penn's Oscar. Can we send the uh, the Billy Gun and the guns, Austin and Colton, <laughs> over there? I heard they need guns. Tank Abbott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. R.I.P. This week, in honor of what Rob was just talking about, stands for wrestling is plentiful. Mm, it's true. Yeah. How about Strike Force? Can we send Strike Force over? <laughs> I do have more wrestling to watch today. There was a big Japanese pay-per-view last night uh, that I heard uh, was pretty newsworthy. Got to watch some New Japan. Oh, yeah. I lapsed a little bit on New Japan since... Uh, it's the, a good time uh, to dive back in with the, the show last night. I only... Re- I've, I haven't watched... Because there's so much wrestling now, I, I only kind of tune in on the big pay-per-views that I... And I mostly just follow with the news. It's tough, man. It's tough being a wrestling fan now. There's so much to watch. It's tough being a wrestling fan of good wrestling because yeah. you have to seek out the good stuff. I kind of fell out of New Japan since Wrestle Kingdom. I was like right caught up, all caught up at Wrestle Kingdom, and then I've been like sort of on and off watching. Well, like I said, you, uh, this is a good one to just dive right in. I think this is the first big event they've had basically since Wrestle Kingdom, other than the U.S. pay-per-view where Sasha Banks debuted. She's on this right. show too, which is really cool. Uh, all right, let's get, uh, go through the, the music pick. Sid, what'd you, what did you get? Uh, well, this was a rare instance. I don't think this has ever happened before. Uh, and I think it's in part because we took last week off. So the song I picked came out a week and a half ago. And I was like, all right, well, when we come back, this will be my playlist pick. And then this morning when I went to add it, it's like, wait a minute, this isn't the band that did the song. In the week and a half since the song came out, the band already changed their name. <laughs> which i've never seen before the band was originally called bad optics and now the band is called doom regulator and the reason switch. this is huh that's a big switch yeah and the reason this band is noteworthy is because it features jesse michaels from operation ivy and tim armstrong oh. from operation ivy and rancid and they have a new project together is the song good not not especially good song but it's noteworthy well it's been 30 years since they worked together right yeah they gotta work out the kinks tim armstrong looks rough jesse michael still looks great tim armstrong looks like the corpse of someone who lived on the street for 50 years and then drowned i heard he's uh going to uh 
give him five percent of all the profits of uh, <laughs> operation ivy he seriously looks like the mick mars of <laughs> punk he really does it's fucking rough and the song is like it's like a ska song it's slow it's not great they all sound tired but i thought it was noteworthy and worth putting on here and it's just weird that in the week and a half since it came out, they already changed their name. Like I'm guessing that this project will not last long. Like there probably won't be a second song, but it's just one song. It's not even a song from an album or an EP. Yeah. I think Tim Armstrong's record label is doing like a singles club kind of thing. And this was like Mm. one of the first releases. So maybe there will be more, but maybe not. So either way, this is a document of whatever, maybe by the time you go on the playlist and hear this song, they'll be on their third name. And everything I just said won't even will make even less sense. But yeah, that was my pick, Darren. What what was your pick? My pick was the song "Diet Pill" from the band, the album "Bricks Are Heavy" by the great band L Seven, the all female heavy rock band uh, of the nineties. Are they? Are even still a band? I don't even know. I think they might do things on occasion, but I don't think they're really like fully still a band. Might yeah. be like one offs here and there. I used to really love L7. Great. And this is a song about a woman escaping a domestic violence, taking the kid and getting the fuck out, uh, which is always a good thing. So yeah. beautiful song, wonderful band. Check them out if you're not old like me and have never heard of L7. All right, and of course, you can always get yourself even more of RIP Livecast on Patreon, patreon.com slash RIP Livecast. Five bucks a month gets you access to two bonus episodes a month and Sid's weekly TV recommendations column. Uh, At the top of the month, this month, we had a, a very fun look back at two really bad South Brooklyn reality shows. We watched... Brooklyn 112223, which was about these completely unknown worthy Guidos in South Brooklyn, uh, one of whom owns a car wash or a car shop or something. But like these people are completely not noteworthy and very broke. And the whole time we're just like, this is where they, you know, we're, we're just like, where are they shooting this? Like this person could have cleaned up their room a little bit. <laughs> and then the second uh, show we watched was Russian Dolls, which featured uh, Russian people uh, uh, of all generations trying to uh, present themselves as richer than they really are. With which the, is all reality yeah. shows, really. Yeah, which is which was a little more palpable, and of course the main palatable, palatable. What did I say? Pal- palpable. I mean, that too, I guess. Uh, And uh, so two fun shows. You can watch those. We got plenty of watch-alongs in the archives. Uh, We watched a Chris Holmes documentary, Mean Man. I wonder how he feels about the whole butt light situation. Yeah, he's in France. Well, then we know how he feels about the butt light situation. Yeah, Money Plane starring Edge and Kelsey Grammer. This weird Netflix movie, Escape the Undertaker, from a few years ago with The New Day. Lots of fun stuff in there. So check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Livecast. Ten bucks a month, you become a top Livecast fan. Get a shout-out at the end of the show, which is right now. How do we do these shout-outs, folks? I would suggest your kid rock, and each one of these listeners is a beer brand that has offended you. Mm. Okay, go ahead. All right. Listen up, America. 
Grandpa's got something to say. <laughs> Eric, Benjamin, you two been kissing too much. Kid oh. Rock's not into this. <laughs> Dan R., what does the R stand for? It better stand for Republican, but it doesn't. Oh, okay. Sam, I am. Sam, I am what? LGBT? We don't need none of that. <laughs> Mindy Mays Kipper. You know what I found in that Kipper? Jizz. Oh. What? <laughs> Is that good or bad? I'm surprised sure. he didn't have issue with the, the Judaism uh, paraphernalia. Too. Yeah. Now, nah, Kid Rock's accountants are Jewish, so it's okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, oh, we, we have a uh, we have a follow up from Chris in the middle of our of our uh, shout outs. He said that the text to chat uh, was definitely affiliated with T-Mobile. He went through their chat support on the T-Mobile website. Then this guy was absolutely lying to you, buddy. I don't know. That's crazy. Sorry to hear that. And uh, All right. Keeping along. Shasur Sasusits, why don't you and Hugo like some tacos together and get off my lawn? Lando Danks, I don't don't do the Danks. I just drink good old American beer. LaCroix. I don't it sounds French to me. You know how we feel about the French. (laughs) Corey and Scotty H, you two sound like wonderful people. Doug Pigman, yeah, you a pigman. I heard of you, Pigmans. You dirty boy. You need the power of Christ inside of you, not that BDSM pigman. Douglas, who are you, Levison? Why don't you try to be a God-fearing Republican? How about that? And hey, guys, it's Josh. I don't like the way you say hey. I don't like the way you say that. No more hey for Josh. Hey is horses. Right. That's our show. Want to give a shout-out to Sid's cat? Just hanging out, cleaning herself. Ramona. Ramona's just cleaning herself. Bye, Ramona. Bye, everyone. We'll see you next week. Later.